0: The following message is from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Acts can be found at actschurchleander.com.
1: Today's reading is from John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. John the Baptist is a witness about Jesus. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the countryside of Judea. There, he spent some time with them, and he and he baptized people there. John was also baptizing He was at Anon, near Salem, where there was plenty of water. People were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. Some of John's disciples and a certain Jew began to argue. They argued about special washings to make people clean. They came to John and here is what they said to him. Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan River is baptizing people is the one you told us about. Everyone is going to him. John replied, A person can receive only what God gives them from heaven. You, your, you yourselves are witnesses that I said I am not the Messiah. I was sent ahead of him. The bride, le- the bride belongs to the groom. The friend who helps the groom waits and listens for him. He is full of joy when he hears the groom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become more important. I must become less important.
0: So we are in a series called Grace and Truth. And we're really focused on uh, the first part of John 1, where it talks about how Jesus came and he was full of grace and truth, which is such contrast with what's happening in our world right now. We don't have a lot of grace for each other. uh, And truth is really, really, really hard to come by. And so we as a church are going to be spending eight weeks not only getting texted by Jesus uh, every morning, but also engaging on Sunday morning to say, what does it look like to be filled with grace and truth? And how do we get a little bit closer to who Jesus would have us be? Today we're going to be looking at the story of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is fascinating because he was called by God. Uh, to prepare the way for Jesus. In fact, he was prophesied in the Old Testament that someone would come before the Messiah to make way for the Lord. And that's what John did. John was a fascinating guy. Uh, In a lot of ways, he would do pretty well in 2020. Uh, He was very independent. Uh, When you look about him in Scripture, he made his own clothes of camel fur, uh, which is not the most silken of substances, the most silken of fabrics, uh, very coarse. But he lived out in the wilderness. Uh, Scripture says that he ate locusts and honey, and he would preach. And his preaching was pretty simple. He would say, repent, for the kingdom of the Lord is almost here. He went to Israel and he said, guys, all of us have fallen short. All of us are in the world of missing the point. And so he's out in the desert, he's calling out and these crowds start to come from him because what ended up happening was in that time, grace and truth were also really hard to come by. People were longing for something deeper and John was the one who provided it and over and over and over again he said guys we all have fallen short we all need to prepare our hearts because the messiah is almost here he was actually jesus cousin a little bit older than jesus by about six months and his ministry started long before jesus did he's out in the wilderness he's calling out to people but something starts to happen When Jesus finally arrives on the scene, John baptizes Jesus. He says, this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. And John's disciples, those who are following John, come to him, and they say this. They say, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he's also baptizing, and everyone is going to him. This was the turning point in John's ministry. Everything John had did up to this point was to get people to Jesus, was to connect them to the Messiah, a Messiah who could save them, empower them, and send them out to be change agents in a broken and hurting world. John's ministry had led up to this point. And in that ministry, more and more people had followed him. More and more people had connected to him. But now those people are no longer going to John. They're going to Jesus. And in that moment, John had a choice. You see, John could say, you know what? No, these passions that God has put on my heart, these opinions that I have, this place that I'm in, he goes, this is most important or He could make way the path, get out of the way, so people could connect to Jesus. And I think in today's age, it really makes, it hits close to home, right? This idea that God has placed certain passions on our heart, certain things that we are passionate about. And like John, we have that opportunity in that moment to say, no, my passions are most important, right? John could have said, you know what? My ministry is more important than the Messiah's ministry. But instead, he doesn't say that. Instead, what he says in John is, he must become greater. I must become less. A friend of mine translates this verse, more of him, less of me. See, John's ministry was to get people to Jesus. Because if he got them to Jesus, Jesus would be able to do what John never could. Jesus could call hearts not only to repentance, but to something new. A new covenant, creating a new heart that wouldn't just change them, but it would change everyone they came in contact with. And so when it ultimately came to that moment where John had the opportunity to say, is my priority, my passions, my opinion most important, or is the most important thing to get people to Jesus, to not get in the way of Jesus? John's response is to say, he must become greater. I must become less. Because in doing that, more people will be connected to the Messiah, the one who can actually change things. The one who will actually be full of grace and truth. And again, when I read the story of John, and I reflect on the world right now, we have a world that is very passionate at the moment. We have a nation that is very passionate. And those passions, those opinions, are dividing us. Those passions, those opinions, are actually drawing us away from pointing people to Jesus. And and we are all doing this. And guys, don't get me wrong. God gives us these passions. He gives us opinions. He gives us perspectives. But the problem is, right now, the church doesn't look much different than the world. Even more personal, I don't look that much different than the world how I connect, how I share, my thoughts don't reflect more of him and less of me. It's mostly me and whatever I have left over to give him credit for, I will. And yet when we see scripture, we see a God who is trying to fill us with Jesus, trying to fill us with his truth, with his grace, with his way to connect to any people, his way to connect with any opinion or thought, we have a God who says, guys, I am here for everyone, full of grace and truth. And when I think about what the church's role is in this season in 2020, it's so much of us asking over and over and over again more of Jesus less of me. Jesus says this in Luke 9. He says, Then Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Jesus is talking to his disciples He says, you want to know what it looks like to be full of grace and truth? You want to know what it looks like to be a disciple of mine? A disciple meant someone who reflected their master, who was just like their master. Jesus says to his disciples, if you want to know what that looks like, it means to daily pick up your cross and to follow in my footsteps. Oftentimes, as Christians, we can look and say, you know what? What's most important in this Christianity is I did something, I made a decision, I prayed something 10 years ago, and that makes me a Christian, it makes me a disciple. That is not the definition of a disciple. The disciple is someone who studies their master, who walks with their master, who learns at the feet of their master, and then day in, day out, emanates their master, reflects their master, acts like their master, And this beautiful thing is our Master is full of grace and truth and love for you and for your family and for your neighborhood and for this divided world. We have a God, a Messiah, who reflects everything good back to us. And he says, and guys, I want to teach you daily, moment by moment, Facebook comment by Facebook comment, To reflect me. To draw people closer to me. And he makes it really clear. He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Right now, we are seeing a world that is trying to save its life. Everyone feels attacked. Everyone feels like we're at war. And when you are at war, you will do anything to preserve your life. And yet what Jesus says is so contradictory to that. He says, if you seek your life, you will end up losing it. But the grace and the truth of it is, is, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. More of him, less of me. More Jesus, less of us. More grace and truth, less of division and hatred and hurt. Jesus offers a new way when we lay our lives down for him, when we allow ourselves still to be built in his image, built with our passions and our opinions and our backgrounds, but when we come to him, we lay those down and say, God, what do you want me to do with these? And how do I relate to these? How do I engage these places you've brought me in a way that still brings people to you? that still connects them to you because Jesus is the most important thing. Scripture says you can have all the knowledge in the world. If you have not love and God is love, you're nothing. Scripture says you can prophesy, you can have every spiritual gift, but have not love and Jesus is love. Then it's useless. Jesus offers a different path forward to connect to God then also to connect to each other as well. And the first step to this is, is simple, but it's hard because it's so counterintuitive to everything the world is screaming at us right now. See, when we find ourselves getting angry, when grace and truth are no longer at the forefront of our thoughts, And instead, our own selfish whatever starts to come up. Simply praying, God, I need more of you and less of me in this moment. Before I respond, before I make a decision on what I think about a certain issue, to lean in, to call out to God and say, More of you, less of me. More of your knowledge. More of your posture, more Jesus, and less of this broken human. You see, the gift in that is when we call out to God in that way, we become more human. All those things that God made you to be, all those things that Jesus made me to be, those things that when I lay down, he gives them back, but it's me at optimal level. Remember the uh, Energizer bunny? used to run around, right? The Energizer bunny can't do its thing without the battery. Jesus is our power source. He is our battery. And so if you want to operate the way that God has intended you to, the way that God has built you to, the way that your Father has blessed you to be a blessing, it starts by laying down our lives and saying, you know what, God, I I need more of you in this moment. And then he puts you back together in a way that is full of grace and truth, where every person you encounter is touched by God's grace. Every person you encounter gets that divine favor that God has for this world, and every person you encounter gets closer to God's truth, closer to understanding how the world really is, the brokenness, the beauty The more we connect to God, the more we deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily, give ourselves up for him, ironically, the more of us we become. But us the way we were built. Full of grace and truth as children of God, disciples of the Messiah who loved and sacrificed and brought people together. Ironically, the answer to sin Right? All the ways we divide ourselves, either from God or from each other, or divide ourselves from the world, is to admit that, to repent, as John said, because God's kingdom is here. And when we repent, all of a sudden God's good gifts of grace and forgiveness and love and community flow into us, make us alive alive. And then as these new, living, breathing children of God, every person we engage with, every encounter we have, whether it's around a bonfire with neighbors, a dinner table with family, social media with friends or our community, all of it's transformed. All of it gets connected back to God and all of it gets connected back into each other full Of grace and truth. This is hard. This is something I daily struggle with. I daily have to pick up my cross because daily I'm fighting for my rights. I'm fighting for more of me and less of God because it's me or them. Well, I'm going to fight for me. I'm going to fight for mine. And so we have a posture of repentance. We have a posture of confession and a posture of absolution where we come before a God and say, I still need to repent. I'm still a work in progress. My own sin is still separating me from either you, God, or from my neighbor or from my world. And yet we have a Jesus, we have a Messiah who is good and gracious and says, I've already paid the cost for that. And because I paid the cost, I'm going to give you something new, something beautiful, something transformative. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.